Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. It's an absolutely incredible feeling when you give to someone or a family that's in need. Rusty Lawson is a Salvos Rural Chaplain and he shares about one very generous family that helps farmers. So Rusty, it always amazes me when I hear great stories of people's generosity and this one really blew me away about the family donating to farmers. Tell us exactly what they're giving. Okay, Alan and uh, Lynn from the Delara Foundation uh, give uh, the Salvation Army uh, specifically uh, um, amounts of money for uh, what we call the Tanks, Pipes and Pumps uh, program, uh, which basically is for water conservation and uh, uh, I guess the word, uh, spreading it out there to the paddocks, um, I can't think of a word for it, uh, is uh, irrigation is important. Yes, ir- ir- not so much irrigation, but for stock water mostly. Okay. Uh, because uh, obviously a lot of people are dependent either on rainwater uh, or bores, and a lot of the bores, uh, particularly in some of the western parts of uh, New South Wales, are very salty, uh, and it corrodes pipes and pumps within sometimes as little as three years. A pump is corroded to the point where it is worn out and needs replacing. Now, a pump's not an expensive item compared to some farm machinery, but when you have to replace it every three years, it can be. But uh, they require they rely on rainwater then for house use or for stock use if the water gets too salty for the stock to to drink. So the the conservation and preservation of uh, of rainwater supplies uh, is incredibly important to folk on the land for their own consumption, but also for the storage of bore water, particularly if they reliant on windmills to bring that bore water up. Because if they have a wind drought, and yes, they do exist, where they have very little wind and continued hot temperatures in the summer, their supplies in tanks get depleted very quickly yeah. uh, because stock do require a reasonably large amount of water, cattle more so than sheep. And this family have dedicated every year to giving money for that. That's just extraordinary. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, we're, my wife, Diane, and I, we worked together as a team and we had the the, the wonderful good fortune to meet Alan and Lynn earlier this year at a place where they donated a couple of tanks to a community and uh, they actually came to have a look at the tanks because they were passing through the region and it was only an hour from home. So we actually got the chance to meet them and thank them firsthand uh, for their generosity. And, and the, one of the questions that Alan asked me was, uh, do you see the need still there for uh, the project that we're supporting? And we said very much so. Uh, our area is huge. It takes in a quarter of New South Wales. Uh, and uh, there is a lot of people with uh, a strong need to conserve more water, particularly in these very dry times. Wow. So how do you bring it about then from that, from receiving the money? Basically, the money goes into a special account at uh, headquarters. We go out, we visit folk on the farms. Um, they might say we, we've had one of our tanks collapse because the old corrugated iron tanks don't last forever. Uh, and... Or, or there'll be. Or there was a case. I'll tell you a case story. There was a case out in the in the western corner in the in the corner country of New South Wales, where their bore collapsed. Their main bore collapsed, and they had to put down a new bore. Now, sinking a new bore doesn't come cheap, 
but they had to. They, they were reliant on the water for watering stock. But when they sunk the new bore, the new bore put out twice the volume of water of the old bore. Wow. So they then had nowhere to store all this water, this extra water. Right. And you, you, you don't want to just let it run onto the ground. So um, they'd heard about the, uh, the tanks, pipes and, and pumps program and uh, contacted us and saying, look, can you, can you help us out with something? We've got X amount of dollars, but the tank's going to cost this much. And then the freight to get it out here because of their remoteness is going to cost this much. So they had enough to cover the freight. We applied through the through the Solara Foundation to get them a tank, which was approved, and the tank was delivered out there. And they now have been able to, because of this extra water storage and the extra yielding of their new bore, they have been able to extend um, pipes out into further paddocks away from the house that they couldn't keep the troughs full before because the bore wasn't putting out enough water. So now they're able to use land that in dry times they had to move all their stock in closer. They can now utilise that land uh, a lot more because uh, I think the station out there is something like 260,000 acres. Wow. Now in saying that's a lot of land, their stocking rate out there, because of the aridness of the country, is only like one one head of sheep uh, per 10 acres in good times. Oh, right. Not, not, not like 500 sheep in 2,000 acres here in the, in the eastern country. Yeah, wow. It's hard for city folk to get their head around that sort of thing, isn't and it? Look, look it, it really is. The average place, the average size of a place in the western quarter of New South Wales is around about 110,000, 120,000 acres. Right. Um, now, hectares, that's about 50-something, 50 55,000 hectares. Uh, it's it's really big when most people at sea farms, like down in Victoria, they're all between maybe two and four thousand acres, and people earn quite a substantial living off that in good times. Yeah, but out there, it's 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 hard yakka, and mm. the the northern part of New South Wales, where it's very dry at the moment, out around Collarina, Bry, Walgett, uh, through down into places like Canamble. Uh, it's it's incredibly dry. We did our farm visit at Canamble just recently, and they've been feeding hand feeding stock for seven months now. Wow! And this would be the story Australia wide in the rural area, wouldn't it? There are places all over Australia at varying times that are drought declared, while other places have pastures that are two feet deep. It really? just depends on the rainfall yeah. pattern, and uh, they can go from good to bad in a very Time. And so what is really good news is that uh, the rural chaplaincy is going to be expanding right across Australia from the Salvos, right? Well, that's, that, that's by the sounds of it, um, that as we amalgamate into one territory, uh, that um, the program that's run quite well here in, the, in what was the Old Eastern Territory will be uh, spread na- nationwide over time. Obviously, wow. it's going to take time to happen. But that's, that's the hope that we have because we see the hope that having someone go out to a farm and drive down a driveway in tough times and just come alongside and say, hey, it's pretty tough out here at the moment. How are you going through all of this? And that can be the difference between life and death for some yeah. people. Oh, yeah, I've heard the stories. And, and the, the program of rural chaplaincy in New South Wales was started 
to combat uh, the, the rising rate of rural suicides because farmers won't come to town to talk to people about their issues, but they will accept someone going to them yeah. and getting to know them and then they will share their story and we can support them emotionally, spiritually. And uh, thanks to people like uh, Alan and Lynn and the Delara Foundation, we can offer them some financial assistance for the purchase of new equipment in the tanks in the case of this or pumps. Uh, but we also have some monies that we can offer as assistance to uh, farmers in the form of grants or payments to help meet day-to-day needs. Fantastic practical help, isn't it? Yes, very much so. It's what we do. Um, where we are at the moment at Bandara, they had bushfires here in January. We came straight after the bushfire, so we were on the ground. There were still smoking trees and stuff. There was 22 properties affected. We went round and visited those that we could um, we could find because uh, some of the properties here are what they call absentee farmers. Right. They have properties elsewhere or they live in Tamworth or somewhere like that and have the property and run the stock and come up on weekends, etc. So these absentee farmers, we, we haven't been able to catch up with some of those. Uh, but uh, through our disaster welfare funding, we were able to donate uh, $40,000 for fencing materials Wow! because um, you need fences to keep stock in. The grass will grow back, but fences cost money to, to come back. And driving up here now to do follow-up visits with the folk a couple of months on, um, they've had some rain up here. Uh, and we're seeing green where it was black last time we were here. So it's absolutely, absolutely nice. They need more rain, but uh, you know we, we pray for that every day. Good stuff. So yeah, so that's what we're doing, and and we're actually camped in a uh, uh, next to the old convent at uh, Bandara because an an old workmate of my wife's, my wife comes from the New England, an old workmate of hers lives. Uh, here at Bandara and owns the old convent and we're parked in their yard because we can leave the van here. Uh, it's safe, um, you know, because we have a caravan that we live in when we're on the road and we're on the road three weeks in four usually. Wow. What an amazing lifestyle. Oh, look, it, it, we're really blessed. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bush. I love serving my Lord and, and I, I love uh, ministering to folk at the coalface. And God has blessed my wife and I so much to be able to do that in this rural chaplaincy role. That's Rusty Lawson, Salvo's Rural Chaplain. If you'd like to contact him, send us an email through our website, salvosradio.org.au. Light and life. The Salvo's Weekly Radio Show.